Very good morning, happy Sabbath. I was asked by Pastor James to uh, talk about something about a mission-minded church. And as I was preparing, I was thinking, wow, that's mm, quite a challenge. A mission-minded church. How does a mission-minded church look like? What does it look like? And how does it behave, right? So I was thinking about that. But along the way, I felt, hmm, it is one thing to talk about the big, big missions that we are called to do. But I thought, maybe we start with a very basic question for each one of us to answer. And that question is, what should I do with my life? And so I'm aware and very conscious of the, the makeup of uh, SDAC and try to bring this message such that most would find it useful. So, to different groups, I will address different things, but what should I do with my life, even for the kids in front? Hello, kids. Could it be something that they can be thinking about? Not so deep theology, eh? For children and teens, it could be something that you may want to think in your life, what you're going to be. What does God want you to do? Those are big, big questions. And for those adults who are already there, working and all that, what does God want you to do? Are you doing what God has called you to do? And for the special group of people, I say special because uh, they will go through stuff and if you want to, we call them. Those who may be, I'm not saying you are, I say those who may be going through midlife, midlife, not crisis, uh, midlife challenge. <laughs> Challenges, yeah? So you may want to think, ah, let's, respond to what scripture has to say and for those who are in your glowing years you're enjoying the fruits of all your labor what should you do with your life besides playing golf and all that some time to reflect okay so i thought that i found a basic passage which has been read first peter chapter 4 verse 10 and this passage brings forth several assumptions, right? It's very simple. It seems straightforward, but it's very hard to do. So we have to revisit it, uh, make some assumptions, right? So each of you should use whatever gift you have received. So the assumption I'm making, and it's also a good way to uh, test where we are and what we are doing, is that you have already received the gift that God has given you. Now, if you do not know what these gifts are, it's not for this sermon, maybe another sermon. How to discover your gift. But I am making the assumption there's a gift and you have already received it. And if you have already received it, then that is for serving others. Why? Because the basic principle is that we are to be faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So to me, 
a mission-minded church, a mission-minded congregation is one where we are actively carrying out faithful stewardship of God's grace in its various forms. We are supposed to take that grace with and through our gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us to serve others. So that to me is a mission-minded church. And now we try and place it with some passages about grace. Because grace is a very big topic. And that's for another sermon. But just for today, I'm just going to focus and peel that verse that talks about what grace is for us in carrying out this stewardship. Alright, so I'm pairing it with Ephesians chapter 2. Very familiar passage, but just uh, looking at it a bit deeper, right? So, but because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Just a reminder. It is by grace you have been saved. We were dead, made alive by who? By grace through God who has you know, who is rich in mercy and loves us. So it is by grace we have been saved. And a reminder, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So He raised us up to show the incomparable riches of His grace. Now, amazing thought. We are stewards of God's grace. How does it look like? How does it feel like? Particularly to people who don't know God. How do they understand grace if not by and from and with God's people that, who have been raised? to life, although we were dead in our transgressions, okay? And once more, a reminder, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. We all know in Christianity, the basic tenet is that none of us can save ourselves by working, correct? You don't work to earn God's favour. You have already earned God's favour, even though you don't deserve it, and that's grace. And through faith, we believe we are saved. He has really made that possible, alright? Not by works. However, in the next passage, we see where works come in, alright? Works come in here. For we are God's handiwork, in some translations, it says that we are God's masterpiece. Masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So that's where works come in. We are saved for works. Got it? Works don't save us. But we have been saved through grace by we exercising our faith carrying out the good works. So we're going to look at what these good works are, right? In pairing back 
to 1 Peter. It looks like this. The good works hmm, seems to be this. Because we take our gift we have received to serve others as stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So this is the basic principle I would like to share with you. And therefore, some conclusions. Now, conclusion doesn't mean sermon ending. Huh? Conclusions means this is why we're going to take an actual example, right? Some of you are excited. Oh, can eat already. Sorry, huh? By grace, we have been saved and given spiritual gifts to serve others as stewards of grace. Turn to your neighbour and say, you are a steward of grace. Turn to your neighbour, you are a steward of grace. Uncle Fred, that's very true. You're still one of grace. <laughs> By grace, we have been saved and given spiritual gifts to serve others as stewards of grace. Serving others is the good works that God prepared in advance for us to do. So a mission-minded church is one where we are constantly serving other people Right? Because we are administering grace. So now, the important question is how do we do that? Alright? To serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. There's another sermon, but what are the various forms? I will just share with you shortly. Alright? And talk about God's grace to us. Firstly, because we are supposed to be steward, because we, are, we have already received it. And now we are giving. Freely we have received, freely we give. That's the flow, right? So what is God's grace? It is His love that has been demonstrated towards those who deserve the opposite. We truly do not deserve it. We deserve death and punishment. Instead, God gave us life. That's what it means. Okay? So that is the big, big picture about God's grace. So how do we do it as stewards, right? And so we are reminded, we are reminded where this comes from. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Referring to Christ, our Lord, the Logos, the Word, the Word that became flesh and dwelt among men to show, to exemplify what perfect grace is all about. He showed us, by example, we are supposed to take it, His example, and then carry it out. And there's something else about this word, grace. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And in the context of Titus, it says that it teaches us to say no and how to lead godly lives. But I was wondering, hmm, is it true, this verse? What Paul mentions through Titus in the letter? The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Have they seen it? What do you think? What do you think? Has the grace appeared to all men? And how does it appear? 
They believe through Christ, Christ's message to us, we receive, right, generation to generation. And then we take and we go on and share. But here it is, the sharing is not just about the gospel message, the sharing is as steward of grace. How does that look like? How does that feel like? And we know grace is given to those who don't deserve it. I'm just wondering, how many of you here today have received grace in your life? Truly receive, okay? Next question. How many of you have truly given grace in your life? Okay? It's hard. Particularly when you feel that people don't deserve it. Right? Don't you think so? You know, you know my problem, one of my problems in life is driving and keeping a cool head. And when somebody cut me, wow, I forgot that I'm a follower of Christ. <laughs> right? You know that, right? So, but the, the other portion about the grace is that, you know, okay, so I have my conscience sitting beside me, happened to be named Adeline, so... <laughs> No, it's okay. All right, I hear you. And besides, you know, you got a reputation. Uh, going to help throw, you know. All right, okay. And then, wow, guess what? Hallelujah. The guy who just caught me got stopped by a traffic policeman. Wow. Happy, you're not? Happy. Uh, until you hear about this word called grace. Hello? You gracious or not? Oh, yeah. Okay, that's for another sermon. Huh? But I'm saying it's so natural that if you don't deserve it, you're not going to get it, right? That's fair. We, we are so meritocratic in Singapore that we believe we must earn everything we do, right? And so much others. Hey, you don't cut queue. Huh? I wait here so long. Huh? You want to go behind me, right? If someone asks you, can I cut queue? I really need to go. You know, and you're waiting in the taxi queue. Would you give your way to someone? Have you ever done that? If you have, God bless you, because I have never done that. I'm like, no, you wait, you wait. I wait half an hour already. You wait. You just come. Wait. Right? So it's natural for us in our unconverted self to say, no grace for you. You must earn it. But hello. God says what? Our good works is to serve others through our gifts as stewards of grace. How difficult it is. So now I'm going to be very vulnerable and share with you my journey of grace, one, one small portion. One small portion, right? What, how does it look like? Uh, some of you will know the story of mine is that way back in the mid-90s, uh, I had been serving as a pastor then for about, I think, uh, six, seven years in the community church. Um, just happened to have me as your first pastor. I don't know whether good or bad, but there I was. And we had to think about struggling with the move from uh, Upper Serangoon Road, all right? And all of that. So, but at the back of my mind, honestly, I was not flourishing anymore in my work um, as a church pastor. I felt like something was missing. And there was a time when we needed 
to uh, find a way to extend the work that we were doing in uh, Jurong Church as well at that time. And that was about um, finding ways to increase the revenue source for the kindergarten. And along the way, we discovered that hmm, there's a group of people in Singapore who were not being really reached out to. Now, in the sense of uh, social services. And so, we had a good friend, Lan, Lan Tio, and a group of us. And this is where I, I really forewarned the person that we'll be talking about a little bit, and that is Elton Kipling. We're all in the initial group, and we decided that we, have to, we want to do something about reaching out to, you know, this group of people. And so we formed this thing called CARE, Children at Risk Empowerment. And it's really been blessed by the support of many people here in this congregation as well. Many people gave, you serve as board members and all that. So, but why am I telling you? Because in my struggle, I was like thinking, wow, okay, bringing the gospel in what sense? I was a preacher, so pastor, and I felt it's something is not I, I just come alive, more come I mean more alive when dealing with young people. Okay? So it started that journey. And it started the grace journey because I was exposed to a group of people in Singapore that I probably heard about but didn't deal with them directly because part of my starting up my ministry, I served as the chaplain in the San Yu High School then. And that time we were uh, like last chance school. If you cannot survive anywhere in Singapore school, you come to San Yu High and we'll bless you and we'll teach you about future and all that. So really blessing, you know. But I, it was exciting days for me. I got very excited working there because I remember the school, Thompson there, right? A few doors away was KFC and all that. And besides, you know, sometimes the church where you are worshipping, then the smell of KFC will come and, and the chicken rice, we namki chicken rice, go, go enter the, the, the church and then suddenly, all of a sudden, what the pastor saying doesn't make sense anymore. So it was there. And, and that was a school where the students uh, were involved in extracurricular activities of the gang type, you know. And that was the time where I had a direct phone, uh, you know, connection to uh, CID, Secret Society Branch. Because they once in a while they call you and say, you know, this student or that student. And students will be like, you know, they will run out from school and then they will go and uh, fight. Okay, so to me, that was exciting, but I think to the principal, that not so exciting. So it kind of uh, evoked in me certain things like, wow, and truly you find some of these people, they drive you up the wall, like give you like, you know, heart attack and all that sometimes because they're just so, I don't know why they're so defiant, they just don't care. So they truly don't deserve God's grace, correct? So anyway... Fast forward a few years, so CARE was formed, and at that time, I looked something like that. 
you will notice some people there. Don't look at the tall guy, look at the, the person with the long hair. <laughs> He's here. And then beside her is Lan. And then beside that is actually the school uh, principal, I think. And then I was there wearing my cap and short pants. I'll never do it again. <laughs> so, but uh, we were conducting camps. And it was exciting for me. Very exciting for me. Because <laughs> here you have people who actually we feel, wow, you know, and the next picture, ah, people like this. I don't know where Elton will remember because Elton was helping out also. But notice this uh, group of boys. And if you want to see carefully, you look at the fella in the middle, he's sideburn. Very, very stylo. You see that? Yeah. So I was then, that time still pastoring, but then taking my volunteer time, right, to go and volunteer with these people. And you find, wow, they drive you up the wall. Many, many levels. <laughs> they were rude, right? And this bunch, I think I don't really remember, almost wanted to hammer up one of our guest speakers that we invited. <laughs> we invited a guest speaker to talk to them about life, but the first thing they did was say, Why? How come you're here like that? Why you that? And then they took a break and then they called Adeline, Wow, hey, this fella, wow, too much. They want to whack him more. But we give you face. <laughs> so we don't whack him. So he's safe for now. So these are the kind of students that I was like totally amazed because we make them in the daytime, we rise up the, anim, you know, the, the energy, there's so much energy, so we make them climb like monkeys up the pole. Just to make them tired. But guess what? It was a five-day, four-night thingy in the school. Nowadays, we don't do it because for the sake of preserving sanity and safety. We don't do it so many days because all of the facilitators knocked out. And guess what? People like this boy, remember? They went out and stole motorbikes. And they got caught or whatever. And uh, the school principal got very angry and wanted to find out what happened. You were supposed to take care of all our students. And then what happened? At night, we were knocked out because all the adults were oh, knocked out, totally tired. But these guys were going on and on like Energizer Bunny, you know, on and on and on. They were stealing stuff and they were part of gangs, etc., etc. So why am I telling this story? Because inside me, I was thinking, oh my, these people, God, Jesus died for them? Are you sure or not? Yeah, actually, he died for them. Did he make a mistake? Cannot be. God is always right. He died for them. So I remember one of the camp commanders, okay, one of the camp commanders is someone you know very well. Okay? And uh, you will see him in this picture if you see carefully. Can you see him? Can you see him? Just beside on my, uh, on my right hand side. You saw? You saw him? Yeah, so some of these are church members. Together with the boys, we're reaching out. And Pastor James was one of the camp commanders. He somehow got con, convinced to help us. And I'm telling you this story because he was a camp commander and one of the camps, I wasn't there because I 
was, I think, away, something like that, doing something. And that was the one where these boys went out and they stole motorbike and caused ruckus and the complaints came to the school. And when the complaints came to the school, they're saying, what are you guys doing? We entrusted uh, safety for our boys. Instead, they went out and blah, blah, blah. So as a camp commander, they were really, you know, they got it. And along with, you can see some pictures here now. You see? So this is the shock that we get. So the top person you will see is uh, now Pastor Charlie. Charlie O, Elton. And then we have Ka Eng, who is in Taiwan now. And me, forever, like stone and blur because... I cannot believe that these students will be, you know, so, so I came to the camp one evening and these boys, uh, you know, amazing boys. I mean, they, they look like, you know, they are tough kids and all that, right? Like these boys, when they go and shower, they all shower together. They bunch together to the toilet because they heard the toilet were like, you know, haunted. Yeah. So at first, when Pastor James told me the story that he was called in together with Pastor Charlie and they were scolded by the principal, how can you do, do this? And I said, wow, okay, okay. They had to call me. I'm the mentor, so I had to come down. All right, let's sort it out. Let's settle with these boys. You know, I had this thing. They don't really deserve grace. I mean, we sent the best people there. We, we fed them. We, you know, sent guest speakers that they want to wake up. You know, that kind of people don't deserve grace at all. So I decided, okay, I came in the evening and I heard they were showering. And for whatever reason, they locked the door. So I said, ah, okay, very good. Don't let me in. Okay, it's fine. So I stood at the door. I'm telling you, this is recorded, oh my goodness. <laughs> Confession, but anyway, I'm telling you what happened, right? So I was like, I need to reach these boys, okay? I need to scold them. You know, for giving all kinds of trouble. Really, to totally ungrateful for all the trouble. So I went there to the toilet and I knocked on the door. And this is why I said, I knocked on the door and I said something like this. Open the door. <laughs> oh. And then suddenly these boys, adolescent boys, you know, the, the, sounded like primary school girls. <laughs> Who is there? Who is there? Open the And they did. <laughs> and you won't believe what they did. One of them was armed with a weapon. And they were hiding behind one another. I was like, boom, boom, open the door. So they opened the door. And they saw me. Wow. The language that came out was more colorful than three rainbows. So here I might. The word of grace. What do I say to them? What do I say to them? So we sat down, we had a good laugh, and I told them, you know, oh, how come you, you, you were very bad, lah? you know, you, you, sabot, you sabotaged the work of our commanders, you know, uh, Charlie and James, they really got shelling, they really got scolded by the principal and all that. What do you do there? And then I said, but wait a minute, how come when I not on the door, you sounded very afraid. And guess what? They say, oh, our school got ghosts. Ah. Entry point for God's grace to come in, right? What do you think? Do you believe in ghosts? Ah. 
Well, I can tell ghost stories. Not quite ghost stories, but I could tell about the time where exorcise demons and explain to them. So suddenly I see, wow, the switch was there. And he felt that they too needed to hear the gospel of grace. And he gave me an opportunity to share. So I began to wonder, wow, now I realize that God was prompting me to be looking at some of this. And I also remember Elton telling me, he might have forgotten this because so many years ago, he told me when he saw me in action, he said, wow, John, you are in your element. Don't really remember that, you know? Yeah, I don't remember, but that made impact on me. It was like, what am I in my element about? <laughs> right? These crazy kids, what do they do? Hello, these are people who also need God's grace. And if you don't believe, you see this one. Uh, this next picture, uh, Pastor James is not here, but I told him I will be showing some pictures of you. So now you can understand his character vis-a-vis mine, okay? You see? He looks so happy. <laughs> I look so shocked. I don't know whether he's happy because I'm shocked or don't know what. <laughs> because I had to like come down. So, so why, why am I sharing this with you? Because partly I know he's not here, so <laughs> I can share. But... Here you are. He was ministering to these kids and to that they understand and the kids got connection. We brought several of them to church but that's beside the point because they, they were frightened. After they hear about all the ghosts and demons, they said, whoa, whoa, must, you must believe in somebody bigger than the demons and the ghosts. So they came to church for a while but after that they left. But that's beside the point. The point is that at least they heard the message of God in a different manner. And to me, it was, hello, who am I to say as a steward of God's grace that they don't deserve it, right? They do. So we share. So what I learned about grace is that we right, are mere instruments. We need to be reminded about the grace that we ourselves have received. Really? Yes. How many of you feel you are really deserving? Really? If you feel, I better come and talk to you. Huh? <laughs> we are not. We are not. And God extended His grace to us. So He tells us, freely you have received, Freely you share, freely you give. That's what I learned. But it's through your gift. So maybe it may start with a reflection about what is your gift. I'm going to tell you, I'm telling you now that you do have a gift. If you believe you don't have a gift, wrong theology. Sorry, wrong theology. You have a gift. The only thing is that have you received it? Have you received it? Did you open the spiritual gift package that God has given you? That's for another sermon. How to do it? It's possible. But I'm telling you, have you used it? Have you received it before you start serving others? The gift that God has given you is not for your glory. Sorry, huh? It's for you to share. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. 
is about helping others. Right? And the last point I want to make today is this. Are you a good steward of God's grace? And that's the hard part. Sometimes we don't feel like doing it. Sometimes we feel people really don't deserve it. But if you go by that way, then start thinking about you yourself. We all don't deserve it. And yet, God raised us to life. When we were dead in our transgressions, He made us alive. Why? Why did He do that? So that in the coming ages, He can show His incomparable riches and grace. His grace, not ours. And so, ladies and gentlemen, regardless of your station in life, I hope you'll be able to start thinking. Where are you? Have you used your gift? Have you received it? Have you served others? And are you a good steward of His grace to us? God bless you all.